بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين سبحانك لا علم لنا إلا ما علمتنا إنك أنت العليم الحكيم أما بعد in Surah Al-Ahzab, the very famous verse was recited tonight, Alhamdulillah, in which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala informs us of the salutations which needs to be sent upon Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Inna Allah wa malaikatahu yusalluna ala al-nabi. Most certainly Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the malaika, they send salawat, and this, the word salah, when it is attributed to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it means that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sends a special rahmah on Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and the malaika make dua for Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Ya ayyuhal ladheena amanu sallu alayhi wa sallimu taslima, O people of iman, you should send salutations upon Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and greetings. Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said Al-bakhilu man dhukirtu indahu wa lam yusalli alayya The miserly one is the one in front of whom my name is mentioned and he does not send salutations upon me. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam his status has been highlighted by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There is no favor upon Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam by us making or sending salutations. This is what Allah already says Inna allaha wa malaikatahu this honor has been given to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam by Allah himself and by the malaika. And the salutations upon Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is presented to him. The person who sent the salutations, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said that there are malaika sayyahin fil ard that go about all over the world and they retrieve the salawat and salutations sent to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and they present it to him by the name of the sender and the sender's father. So the more frequently we recite salawat, the more our names will be mentioned to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. It is as if a mu'min is gradually preparing himself to meet Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam on the day of Qiyamah. And when a person has abundantly sent salutations upon Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will make it such that he recognizes the individual by his name and the name of his father. May Allah make us amongst them. So sending salutations, respected brothers, is an amal which the ulama say is accepted immediately by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You don't require wudu. You can be sitting, standing, walking. And this is the reason why we include the salutations and salawat when we make dua. In the beginning of the dua, after we praise Allah, and at the end of the dua, we send salawat and salutations upon Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam because Allah has announced that when a person sends a salutation, Allah sends ten mercies on the person presenting the salutation, which means it's readily accepted by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So because it is accepted, we hope that the dua which is made in between is also accepted. This is the reason why we present the salawat to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. In the hadith, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says that I can remember that stone in Mecca that when I used to pass by it, it used to say, Assalamu alayka ya Rasulullah. The ulama say, if Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam can remember a stone that greeted him, then why would he not remember his ummati or the, the person who is from his ummah, who dedicated his life to the service of the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and sent salutations, why would Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam not, not remember that particular individual? 
So the more we send salawat, the closer we will be with Rasulullah. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, أَقْرَبُ النَّاسِ بِي مَنْزِلَةً يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ أَكْثَرُهُمْ عَلَيَّ الصَّلَاةً The person who will be the closest to me on the day of Qiyamah will be the ones who send the most salutations. So salutation is something which brings the rahmah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on us through the blessings and the barakah of salawat and salutations. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala removes and protects us from difficulties. I met a scholar who said he, he met an Assyrian alim who in the 80s or the 70s when there was the, the civil war in Syria. So this alim narrated to the, the sheikh who informed me of this incident that he saw a lady in the Haram Sharif, she was crying, she was from Syria. And he thought that perhaps some of her family members were martyred and or were injured. And this is why she was weeping. So he said to her auntie, oh my mother, is there anything I can do for you? Why are you crying? She said, she says, three days have passed and I haven't seen Rasulullah sallallahu in a dream. So the sheikh was shocked. He said, three days? So how often do you see him? She said, every day. Every night when she sleeps, she sees Rasulullah sallallahu And for three days she didn't see him and she was now disturbed. There's something wrong in my amal. There's something wrong in my salawat, my salutations. So he asked her, oh my respected mother, how much durood sharif and salawat do you send? She said, I don't have much, but my salutation is only 15,000 a day. So the person who sends that amount of salawat, Allah gives him closeness in the dunya. And in the hadith, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, Man ra'ani fil manami faqad ra'ani haqqa, fa inna shaytana la yatamathalu bi. That person who sees me in a dream, most certainly he has seen me because shaytan cannot take my, my form. And the ulama say that this is also, if a, if a person is honored with the ziyara of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, it is a glad tiding for him that Allah will bless him with, with steadfastness on iman. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us all amongst those individuals. So sending salutations upon Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is something which transforms the heart of a human being. Because he is coming closer to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that being that is the most beloved unto Allah, the most beautiful of the creation of Allah. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam's attributes are that of kamal, of perfection, and jamal, physical beauty. Sayyidina Ali karram allahu wajha in the shama'il, the, the compilation of hadith which describe Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and the various attributes attached to his, his personal life and his family and his surroundings. He describes Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and he said Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was always smiling. But he always had some type of concern for the well-being of other people. Always worried about the akhirah of other people. How people can be saved from harm in this dunya as well as in the akhirah. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he had perfectly shaped eyebrows. He had, Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anh says, he had no hair in between his two eyebrows. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam had a sharp nose. He had a broad forehead, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam had a full set of teeth which means his dental, dental hygiene was also excellent. The use of the miswak is one of the, the most ignored sunan of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says the person who uses a miswak, he gets 70 times more thawab in his salah than a person who doesn't use the miswak. And it's such a simple thing. So somebody says, no, but I use a toothbrush. Yes, if you use a toothbrush, mashallah, you'll get the reward of one sunnah, which is cleaning the mouth, which is also sunnah. But there are two sunnah related to cleaning the mouth. One is cleaning the mouth and one is using the sunnah tooth stick. So if you use a sunnah tooth stick, you get the double reward. So Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he had a slight gap in between his, his central incisors. 
And the Sahaba used to say that when he would speak and smile, sometimes they would see a light emanating from the blessed mouth of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam would always, his posture would be straight. His chest and his stomach were in line. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us for our, our weakness. In fact, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam saw uh, a Sahabi and his stomach was protruding a little bit and he poked him very gently. And he said it would be better if this was somewhere else. In other words, this weight should have been somewhere else in your body, not here. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, his chest and his, and his belly were in line. He had a thin st- uh, line of hair which ca- came from the top of his chest to his, to his navel. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa blessed hands were fleshy and firm. His joints were strong. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, his feet were also firm and fleshy. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he didn't have cracked heels. He took care of his, of his personal hygiene. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anh says when he used to walk, he would lift his feet and, and place his foot on the ground. He wouldn't drag his feet lazily. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, they say, they say it's as if he was descending from an, from, from, from an elevated area. He's lifting his feet and he's walking down. And if he was standing in a gathering, he would seem to be the tallest of all the individuals in that gathering. Although he was not extremely tall, nor was Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam short. And Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam sitting one night, the Sahaba radiallahu anhum say, we were looking, the Sahabi says, I looked at the face of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and I looked at the 14th full moon, and I looked at his face again, and I looked at the moon, I said, no, how is this possible? His face is shining more than the moon, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Sayyidina Aisha radiallahu anha was looking for a needle or something in the house of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And if we were to imagine the house of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, it would be maybe the distance from this pillar to this pillar and maybe to the second saf. Just enough place for, for the bed of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to be, able to, perform, uh, to be able to perform salah. So she was looking for something and she said, I couldn't find it until Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam opened the curtain and his face entered, the radiance of his face was so bright that I was able to see what I was looking for and find what I was looking for sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam had the most beautiful of voices. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, his physical features were so beautiful that Sayyidina Aisha radiallahu anha said that the women who tried to beguile and, and persuade Surah, uh, Sayyidina Yusuf alayhi salam to disobey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when they saw Yusuf alayhi salam, they cut their fingers as is mentioned in the Quran, qatta'na aydiyahunna, out of the being shocked and, and impressed with the beauty of Sayyidina Yusuf alayhi salam. Sayyidina Aisha radiallahu anha, Ummul Mu'mineen, she said, Lu'ama Zulaykha, law ra'ayna jabeenahu la'atharna bil qat'i al-qulubi ala al-yadi. She said, if those women who were with Zulaykha, if they had to see my Yusuf, then they would have given preference to cutting their hearts over their fingers. They would have cut their hearts in enmity and jealousy over what we have, what we are blessed with. So this was the beauty that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blessed Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam with. His beauty was, was such that it was hidden and it was visible to the Sahaba radiallahu anhum. So every part of him was Mubarak. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made him the king of the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And his status will be even more noticed on the day of Qiyamah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. When everybody, every Nabi of Allah, whether it be Sayyidina Ibrahim alayhi salam, Sayyidina Yusuf, all the Anbiya alayhi salam, they would turn to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam as the famous couplets of Qasida Burda which we, we, we commonly hear. Ya Akram al-Khalqi ma li man aludhu bihi siwaka inda hulul al-hadith al-amimi. 
This is actually a translation of the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in Sahih al-Bukhari where everybody is known as hadith al-istighatha. People will turn to Rasulullah asking for help. So this is a translation of that particular hadith. That, O oh, Nabi of Allah, besides you, if on the day of Qiyamah nobody can begin or intercede to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in our favor, then who else can we turn to besides you, O oh, Nabi of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? So therefore, respected brothers, it is of utmost importance that we develop a link with Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam through salawat, there should be a, a verbal link by us reciting abundant salutations upon Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And also with that, implementing and uh, trying to carry out the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in our daily lives. Every sunnah of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is weighty, whether it be the, his method of eating, whether it be Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam's method of walking, and even greater than that is his akhlaq and his internal character, how he conducted himself with people, how he spoke to people. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam did not, never ever act foolishly with someone. So as Muslims, this is what we need to inculcate and bring into our lives. The month of Ramadan is this month of discipline in which we try to implement these beautiful attributes of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. It's no use we, we say, no, we love Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, we do the effort of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, or we lecturing about Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Talking about something and implementing it is something else. Speaking about good character is not good character. It's a talk of good character. Speaking about sabr is not sabr, it's a talk of sabr. Speaking about shukr is a talk of shukr, it's not shukr. It requires another effort, an external effort. That a person, need, when, it, when, when the time appears and arrives, I need to try to force myself to display the best character, the character of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, this is how he conducted himself. He tried to avoid conflict and differences. Once, Sayyidina Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu anhu knocked, he came to the house of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, which was the house of his daughter, Sayyidina Aisha radiallahu anha. And Sayyidah Aisha was saying something to Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam the way sometimes husband and wife could utter a few words. So she said something which Abu Bakr Siddiq felt inappropriate. So he came in and he wanted to grab his daughter. That who do you think you're speaking to? So Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam came in between and he told Abu Bakr, don't worry, this is a domestic affair. You don't have to get in. He pacified him. And Abu Bakr Siddiq was fuming and he went out of the house. He said, this Aisha, if I may get, get my hands on her, I'll fix her up. So the next day when he comes, he hears Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and Aisha laughing. They were having a good moment and they were joking. So he said, He says, allow me to participate in your truce the way you had me participate in your war yesterday. So Rasulullah sallallahu conducted himself like, like an, an average person. He would do the chores of the house and he would stitch his own clothing. He would assist himself and help himself. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa never ever told somebody, don't you know who I am? One day he passed by a woman who was sitting by the grave of her child and he told her, ihtasibi, hope for reward from Allah, make some sabr. She didn't recognize him and she said, it's not your child, you don't know what I'm going through. Rasulullah knew that she was in a different state of mind, that she was going through some stress and trauma. Nabi didn't tell her, I'm the Rasul of Allah and you're talking to me like this. He went away and he gave her the space that she needed. And somebody told her, this is how you spoke to Rasulullah So she hastened and she went quickly to apologize. And Rasulullah taught her the lesson, which is a lesson for us. That the true reward for sabr you get at the time of the difficulty. When you're experiencing a difficulty, that is the time you need to show fortitude and patience and perseverance and turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. After 10, 15 years, the relative has passed away and I said, no, now making sabr, that everybody has to do because with time you are obliged to just come to terms with the fact that you cannot change the past. 
But Rasulullah sallallahu acknowledged that people are in certain conditions, they are in a state of, uh, the, the frame of mind is not that in which we should interact with them or, or continue and perpetuate the discussion. Rasulullah sallallahu gave her her space. So this is the sunnah of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa to interact with people. He taught us, anzilun nas manazilahum, treat people according to their levels. Kallimin nas ala qadri uqulihim, speak to people according to their level of intellect. So somebody is somebody senior in, in our family, in our community, we need to address them and speak to them in that way. And somebody is a child, then we don't need to be too sophisticated. Like we said, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa his grandsons would rush, rush towards him, he would put his arms out and say, Na Hassan and Hussein would run towards him. One would climb up on this lap and on this shoulder and the other one on the other shoulder. And once Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa was scrolling and they were both mounted on his back and the Sahabi went past and he was amazed, he said, Ni'mal jamal jamalukuma, what a beautiful conveyance the two of you have, Hassan and Hussein. You're riding on the back of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa that back which went past Sidratul Muntaha the night of Mi'raj. And Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Wa ni'mal raqibanihuma, and I've got the two best riders on my back. So he played with them, he played with his children, he played with his, with his family members. Yet he had the figure that every person must go to Jannah on the day of Qiyamah. Every person must be saved from the fire of Jahannam. This was the beauty of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Besides his physical beauty, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam had such a strong link with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, yet he maintained his connection with us so that we've got a means and a way to follow in order for us to be successful in the akhirah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala increase our hearts with the love of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, give us a tawfiq to send abundant salutations upon Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, whether it be in the month of Ramadan, out of the month of Ramadan, and may he give us a tawfiq and to, to present ourselves in Medina Munawwara before Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in a way that uh, we can present our salam directly to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, which is one of the greatest bounties. The ulama say that all those places where Nabi sallallahu all those places where Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam traded and he walked became the most valuable places in this world. So Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam came to Medina Munawwara, Allah made Medina Munawwara a haram like he made Mecca a haram for Ibrahim alayhi salam. Then the places where he walked the most was the masjid and that became the most sanctified place in Medina. Then Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam from his house to the, to the mihrab between my house and my pulpit is the garden from amongst the gardens of Jannah. That became rawdatul jannah in this world. And the ulama say, Qadi Iyad in shifa he's written that the most blessed place on the face of this earth is that sand which is touching the blessed body of Rasulullah sallallahu in his qabr. The ulama have a difference of opinion with the Shafi'i and Maliki scholars. Uh, the Shafi'i scholars say that Makkah Mukarramah has got more virtue and the Malikis, because Imam Malik lived in Medina, they said the Medina has got more virtue. But that too excludes the place of Rasulullah sallallahu resting his qabr. They say that dispute has got to do with the general places of Makkah and Medina. Otherwise, the sand touching the blessed body of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is the best of the inanimate things of this world which is in existence, which is touching the best of the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us all tawfiq and accept us and resurrect us in the company of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and honor us with drinking from his mubarak and blessed hands from the pond of Kawthar on the day of Qiyamah and meeting him in a state that he is pleased with us and we are not humiliated before him. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Inshallah we'll do a short thicker.